We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friend at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did. Welcome to Face Connecticut, an in-depth look at today's issues. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Face Connecticut on WTIC News Talk 1080, 96.5 TIC-FM and Light 100.5 WRCH. Aaron Kupek with you this Sunday morning, and we are pleased to be joined by Terrence Chang. He is incoming president of the Connecticut State Colleges and Universities System. Good morning to you, sir. How are you, Aaron? Thank you so much for having me. Well, thanks for taking the time. I'm sure it's a busy and exciting time for you. The CSCU system is a 17-institution system, more than 72,000 students, you are currently director of UConn's Stanford campus, and come July 2nd, you start at the CSCU system. Tell us about yourself. Why is this job something that appeals to you, and what do you want people to know about you? Well, again, thank you for having me on, Aaron. It's a really great honor uh, to be taking on this incredible responsibility, leading a system of this size and this stature. I was attracted immediately to the possibility of this role because public education has been in my DNA uh, since a child. I was a child. Um, I came here to the United States with my parents uh, from Taiwan. My parents left very solid middle-class lives in Taiwan. Uh, my mom was a teacher. My father worked at the university. And they came here, and my dad pumped gas and stocked shelves at a grocery store, and my mom was a waitress. And they did all that in our early years here to help build a life. And so um, I've always been a part of public education uh, since a young age, came up through um, public higher education as well, because that was what we could afford. And even in my career, I've only taught in public higher education at the CUNY system in New York and now at UConn. And so I feel all of this experience and my personal background, again, it's in my blood, it's in my DNA to serve students who are very much like myself. They come from uh, more humble beginnings. Sometimes they are first generation, they are immigrants, they are uh, ready to do the work, but they need the opportunities. And I think that's what CSCU is all about. It's about that social mobility. It's about giving folks a chance to be their best selves. And so that's my passion. That's my heart. And so I couldn't be more honored and more excited to take on this role. You're taking the helm at a time of transition. The students' first plan for consolidating the community colleges is being rolled out. We're emerging from a global health pandemic. 
And there are contract talks among the the professors at the regional universities. Tell us about your vision. So I think we have so many assets within the CSCU system. We have locations across the state. We have wonderful relationships and support with our elected officials and community leaders. So we have so much support and we have so many things that we can utilize to do a great job. When it comes to the merger of the community colleges, I view that as a positive. And I view that as a positive for a few reasons. Number one, it is going to help students. It is going to help students be more successful in the classroom, in their academic outcomes, and in the quality of the education they receive and the credentials that they earn. It is going to put the system on a more solid, more viable, long-term financial track. That is absolutely important that we have a really solid ground to stand on when it comes to finances. And I think it's also going to preserve accessibility for students. So that, to me, speaks volumes about the really positive outlook for the merger. Even though it is going to be challenging, it is not going to be easy, there are going to be bumps in the road, but I feel very strongly that this is going to be a very good thing for the long run. In terms of the pandemic, obviously, all of our institutions within the system are planning for re-entry. We will closely follow the guidelines um, from DPH and from the governor's office, and we're going to do the best that we can to ensure that folks can have a high-quality in-person experience, but safety and health will come first. In terms of the contracts, I'll just say that you know I haven't been at the table, obviously. Um, I don't know all of the details, but I will tell you that my experience as a faculty member, I came up through the ranks as a faculty member, taught for several years as an adjunct faculty member, and then began my tenure track and earned my uh, way up through the faculty rankings. I understand faculty journeys. I understand what they go through. I understand what they need to do to be successful. And so it is our goal to ensure that uh, the next contract has the right resources and the right support for faculty to do what they need to do to help our students because that's always first and foremost, but ultimately to work in partnership as well, to understand some of the fiscal challenges in that landscape so that we can collaborate and work together to ensure the long-term success of the system. What do you see as some of the biggest challenges of, of this new position? Well, I have a lot to learn. There's no two ways about it. This is an enormous responsibility I think being able to position our system as a true partner and servant within our state, within our communities, and within society. We want students to come to us as partners and investors. They're investing in us because they're going to believe in what we bring into their lives. We want to help them not only become more academically and intellectually advanced and refined. We also want to help them advance in their careers. We want them to get great jobs, but those jobs also have to be tied to what the state needs. If you listen to the governor, we have over 100,000, I think close to 150,000 job vacancies, but we also have close to 150,000 unemployed. And that tells me that a system like ours 
has a real responsibility to work with our industry, our community, and our government leaders to understand what those needs are so that we can educate, reskill, and upskill the workforce and really help to move the needle in that space because that will benefit all of our stakeholders. You're currently at the UConn Stanford campus. Do you see a big difference in the the student population at UConn versus the 17 institutions in, in the CSCU system? So I will tell you from my personal experience that um, I believe that all students, if you give them the support, the encouragement, the infrastructure, the guidance and direction that they need, um, that they all can reach incredible heights. And I have taught now at Lehman College in the Bronx, Brooklyn College in Brooklyn, UConn Stanford. I've gotten to know students from across all of UConn. And now I'm starting to meet students at the CSCU system, at its different campuses and so forth. So I don't want to phrase it as a difference. I think societally, you know, structurally in our world, you know, there are students who are given certain kind of advantages. Let's just say, I'll use my own children for an example. You know, I have a very good personal life, you know, a very solid uh, home for my children. And I have been doing things with them and for them since they were born, you know, and let's be honest, not every child in America has that kind of solid infrastructure around them. And so when I look at the different students that I have had the pleasure and benefit of working with and serving through my career, you have to think about not just where they are, but where they've come from. And then how do we meet the student so that we can satisfy and fulfill their particular needs? So it might sound like I'm trying to dodge the question. I'm not. I'm trying to create context. When it comes to just pure intellectual ambition, potential, and and uh, what they will be able to do in the future, I'll use an example. The student that I met with during my process for uh, pursuing this opportunity, she is a senior from Southern. And long story short, she is one of the most intelligent most intellectually powerful uh, people I've ever met. And I'm not talking about, you know, young people. I'm talking about any person. Uh, She's a Truman scholar. She's a Rhodes scholar. She's going to Oxford in the fall. And I just was just blown away. And so you could have put that individual in the room with anyone from any institution, any organization, and she could stand with them. And I think that just speaks volumes about the types of students that CSCU is working with and cultivating now. How important is college affordability going to be for the next generation entering college? It is absolutely critical. It is maybe the top priority um, because we want to keep college accessible. It's got to be affordable, especially within public higher education. We have to continue to do a good job and an even better job of crystallizing the value propositions that students are going to invest in. We need to let them know that they are going to go through certain experiences in the classroom, but that there will be absolute benefits in their professional and career trajectories. But the accessibility and the affordability is really key. If you look at students who are choosing between 
working more to earn more money, especially during such challenging times that we're going through now, we're asking them to actually invest more time with us and spend their hard-earned dollars with us. So we have to make sure that that opportunity they're investing is is really sharp and really positive and productive for the long-term outcomes. You're listening to Face Connecticut. We are talking to Terrence Chang. He is incoming president of the Connecticut State Colleges and Universities System. He starts his new job on July 2nd. He's currently the director of UConn's Stanford campus. Just wondering about what you see in the future for community college in particular. Will we see a national program to make community college free in the coming years? So. My understanding is that President Biden's plans absolutely include more support for community colleges and for students who are looking to pursue education at the community college level. I also believe that the governor is a supporter of this type of work. And so I can see more happening at the community colleges, I mean, within our own system and nationally. You know, I could also envision new paradigms being created at the community colleges. I think the community colleges will continue to evolve. I think community colleges should be not just the gateway to four-year colleges or for, um, let's say, two-year terminal degrees. I can see community colleges serving even more constituencies by offering badges and certificates, you know, stackable opportunities, as they call them, where you might take uh, non-credit-bearing courses that will earn you a professionally certified credential, but then have that credential be credential be able to roll into an associate's degree or even a four-year degree or beyond. And so I can see a level of fluidity being established within the community college system that ultimately has an effect on the university system as well, because we need to tie together the top-tier education we are delivering in a more concrete manner to the socioeconomic mobility of our students and also to the impact that they are having on the workforce. Talk a little more about college affordability and the value proposition when it comes to community college, because, you know, if you're if you're looking to, to get through higher education debt free, I don't think there's a better place to start than community college and doing your first two years there and then moving on to a four year institution. I absolutely agree with that. I think community colleges are wonderful places to not only to start your career, but also to really uh, find footing to gain traction. Um, They are places where you can accomplish a great deal in two years, three years. Uh, We need to focus on the success rates of our students. We need to make sure that the time that they do spend at our community colleges are well spent and that they are directly correlated to uh, more external as well as personal and internal impacts. So I think the sky's the limit really at the community colleges. And I think the other thing I will say is that we have incredible faculty. There are incredible faculty and incredible staff and, and administrators at all of our institutions, but at the community colleges specifically, uh, they don't oftentimes have the the time or the landscape um, to work with the students over three, four years, because these individuals do have, more often than not, uh, other circumstances and forces at play in their lives. And so 
if you think about it, two years on average is not a great deal of time. Our faculty and staff are part of the solution. They are going to help us create uh, new paradigms, as I said before. And so I think it's really exciting. There are certainly challenges ahead, but I think the opportunities that lie ahead are absolutely thrilling. Macro level, assess where higher education is, especially in this region of the country. You have the demographics show graduating high school classes are going to be smaller. A lot of institutions, especially smaller private ones, are are struggling. Some are even folding or being consolidated. Is, is that an opportunity for, for public higher education? I would argue that it is. And although I don't want to position that as, you know, we are taking advantage, advantage of uh, the the downfall or downtrending of other institutions. But I do think that there is a crystallization process happening right now. You know, after the financial crash in 08, when you started to survey students in terms of why they were going to college, previous to the crash in 08, those surveys were coming back and saying things like, well, I want to have a better life. Um, I want to improve myself, you know, more kind of uh, humanistic responses. And after the crash, I think there was a real shift in focus where the surveys were coming back and they were very clear, you know, this is about getting a good, stable job, you know, and that trend has continued. And I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Times have changed. People have changed. Higher education has to change as well. I don't think there's anything wrong with saying that we want our work to be directly tied to public-private partnerships in certain areas, in workforce development, in terms of just filling the needs of our state, especially for a publicly funded uh, institution. We want to substantiate and corroborate our um, state appropriation. We want folks to know that they're investing in us and there's going to be a real return on that investment because if we don't do that, then all we're doing is saying that we're we're wanting to do the same thing over and over again. But I don't think that's sustainable and I don't think that's logical. And so for us to continue to evolve is natural. I think it's a good thing. And I think we have so many great people that are ready, capable, and willing to do that. Now, your predecessor, Marco Jakian, who retired at the end of last year, he was a political insider. He he was a chief of staff for a, a former governor. He he knew how things worked in the legislature. He knew how to work with lawmakers. Does that part of the job give you any pause? No, I don't have any pause. I have established some good relationships with um, especially with the, our elected officials in Fairfield County. Uh, one of the things that has been so helpful to me personally and professionally these past five and a half years here at UConn is the fact that we are able to have very good relationships and clear communication with our elected officials. And so I feel that I've been able to earn the trust of those that I've had the benefit of working with so far. And I look forward to just establishing even more relationships, being able to really listen, I think is the key. I want to understand where folks are coming from. I want to understand why they are feeling a certain way or looking to do certain things. And then if we are open-minded and if we are energized and creative, and we're really focused on creating solutions to fix problems, then we get on the same page very quickly. You know, So 
Uh, I've always viewed myself as a collaborative partner and a servant to the public. And that's exactly how I will carry forward in my work with our elected officials in the legislature. Now, the CSCU system, there are a lot of moving parts. You have an online college, you have the four regional universities, the 12 community colleges. Is there any program or discipline or or facility that in particular really excites you about the system? So I'll be frank, I have not had a chance to fully excavate all of the academic programs yet uh, at all the institutions. But my, you know, in, in the research that I've done about the system so far, you know, I think we have so many different pieces that are really salient, important, viable uh, for academic as well as professional development experiences. You know, if you look at the culinary programs that are at Norwalk Community College, the healthcare programs that are at Southern, you know, the criminal justice programs, the different kinds of engineering, computer science, and business programs at many of our campuses, I think these are the assets that we need to analyze, bolster in some cases, reposition in other cases, and really align them with the wants and needs of our students, but also of our partners. And so I'm excited about working with those units, but I'm also excited about the prospect of working with faculty in particular to create new programs. You know, what do the faculty and the students think we can and should do that will be even more beneficial for the future? And that, again, is a very exciting prospect. You know, um, I, I make this joke Sometimes, you know, I'm a fiction writer, so, you know, I've made things up for a living, right? But to me, in all seriousness, that kind of creativity, that enthusiasm, that energy, and that vision for doing something that we haven't done before that will help people for the long term, you know, that's genuinely uh, exciting work and, and thrilling work. So uh, I'm really ready to get to it. So I think I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you about the the growth recently at the Stanford campus of UConn, which which you are are leaving for this new position, you have dorms now. I mean, people can can live on a regional campus of UConn. Absolutely, they are. They're not just dorms. These are apartments. These are top tier quality apartments. Um, that, frankly, when I was a young person, I never had the opportunity to live in, and so I, I've been quite jealous. But our students are wonderful. They deserve it. The campus has gone through a really stratospheric rise uh, in the past five years. Uh, we've increased our total student population by 50%. We went from no residential to over 500 students on our campus living uh, in, in our facilities. Uh, even during the pandemic, we had 200 students living in our dorms. We've added academic programs. We've strengthened relationships across the state and in Fairfield County, public-private partnerships. Uh, UConn Stanford will be the first 5G powered campus in the Northeast. And, uh, you know, I couldn't be proud of the team here. You know, the team here is one of the best groups I've ever worked with. And so uh, with the support of the UConn administration and with remarkable people that I've had the luxury of working with every day, we've seen incredible improvement. It's something that uh, all of us here at UConn Stanford are very proud of. The students, the faculty, the staff, the administrators. Um, so big wins down here, and I hope uh, the, the university will continue to push that. I suspect you have a lot of travel around the state planned for the next few months, huh? Oh, yeah, that's right. And uh, I'm really looking forward to it. 
I, I, you know, we've all been cooped up now for almost a year and a half. Uh, I miss driving. I miss getting out on the road. But one thing that I just cannot wait to do is to just get in front of people and just talk to them, listen to them, you know, feel their energy. Folks have been reaching out and saying, you know, I'm an alumnus of Eastern. I'm an alumnus of Capital Community College. You know, just letting me know that they have this connection to these institutions. And that just fills me with such passion and pride. You know, I haven't even started the job yet. And already I think, gosh, you know, I work for these folks. They love this place. And, you know, I need to love it and feel it as much as they do, because that's my job now is to represent them and to work for them. And so getting around the state is going to be um, a, a real pleasure. And part of it is that I, I do enjoy driving. So, uh, you know, it's, it's going to fulfill my personal affinity, but it's also going to help me uh, do as good a job as I can in this role. He is Terrence Chang, incoming president of the Connecticut State Colleges and Universities System. Thanks so much for joining us this morning. Absolutely. Thank you again for your time. Thanks for listening to Face Connecticut. I'm Aaron Kupek. Enjoy the balance of your weekend. Face Connecticut is a production of the News and Public Affairs Department of WTIC Radio. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app.